And I want to talk to you. I've titled the message, the title of the series. I've titled the message, One More, One More. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to get it out or whip out your smartphone and pull up your Bible app. And let's look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 3. Uh, reading the Word of God, having a copy of God's Word is so important in our spiritual development. Uh, I encourage you to bring the Word of God. If you don't have your Word with you today, you can look on the screens. The Scriptures will uh, be on the screen uh, so you can follow along with me. Luke chapter 15, verse number 3, it says, Then Jesus told them this parable. And Jesus oftentimes talked in parables. And a parable is a story that is power-packed with heavenly truths, with the heart of the Father. And Jesus explains the heart of a Father oftentimes in a story. And He says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Come on, everybody shout. Everybody shout, one. Catch that, that's the focus. He has a hundred sheep but just loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep, just the one, the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, the one, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep, the one. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one, over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin, just the one. In the same way, I tell you, there is more, there is rejoicing in the presence of the, of the angels of God over one. Come on, say it with me one more time. Everybody shout, one. Notice that. Over one sinner who repents. I've been explaining to our leaders that the priority of heaven is to reach the one. The priority of heaven is focused on the one person who is far from God. And friends, I believe this with all of my heart. If the priority of heaven is focused on reaching the one, I believe that the priority of earth ought to align with the priority of heaven to reach people who are far from God. And God has called us it's a mandate on our church. It's a mandate on us as followers of Jesus Christ to reach people who are far from God, to be passionate, focused, committed on reaching the one. And I want to explain to you today, how, we, how do we do that? How do we do that as a church? How do we do that individually? And today as, as a church family, how do we do that corporately? Let's look together at the scriptures, and I want to unpack this parable and these two stories for you today. Number one is this. We must care about the one. If we're going to reach the one, we've got to care about the one. One of the important messages of, of both parables that I read to you is that they cared. The, the shepherd cared that the sheep was lost. The lady cared that the coin was lost. And we should care that people that Jesus died for are, are lost in their sin. You and I, we should, we should care. You see, as followers of Christ, we will either be filled with compassion or with condemnation when it comes to the way that we view and approach people who are far from God. 
I want you just to pause for a moment and think about yourself. When you think about people far from God, is your heart filled with compassion? Or is your heart filled with condemnation? I think about this parable here and, and the religious people in Jesus' day. Their hearts were filled with condemnation. Let me point this out to you in Luke chapter 15 and verse number 1. I just read to you two stories, verses 3 through 10. But let me take, it up to take you to the context of why Jesus responded with the lost coin and the lost sheep. And he responded to religious people who were filled with condemnation. And here, here's how it goes in Luke 15 verse 1. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him and to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, the Pharisees, the religious people, the teachers of the law, of the, law the leaders, the, the religious leaders, they, 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 here's what they muttered. This man welcomes sinners. Isn't it interesting that Jesus welcomed sinners? Isn't it even more interesting that sinners were attracted to a holy God? He says, this man welcomes sinners. And notice what, he, what, what, they, what, what the religious people say. And eats with them. He's eating with those sinners. I mean, the Pharisees, when I read this, that it, it intrigues me. They, they talk about lost people like they're some type of creature. Jesus welcomes and he's hanging out with sinners. He's hanging out with those people. I mean, they, they don't respond, hey, Jesus is hanging out with people. He doesn't say Jesus is hanging out with human beings. It's those sinners. He, he welcomes sinners. Look at those sinners. And, and the, the, the religious people, their hearts were filled with condemnation. And whenever our hearts get filled with condemnation, it gets, you know what we start to do? We start to look down and we start to talk bad. And we start to have a negative approach towards people who are far from God. When our hearts get filled with condemnation, we forget that those sinners are people that Jesus loves dearly. And he died on the cross for the their sins and our sins. We forget when our hearts get filled with condemnation. We forget that those sinners, is, is that somebody's daughter? That's somebody's son. That's somebody's friend. That's somebody's husband. That's somebody's wife. That's somebody's loved one. When our hearts get filled with condemnation, we forget that we used to be those sinners. Come on, some of you look all holy today. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not one of those people. Oh, you used to be. What's up? And you forget, and we can forget that the only reason we're not one of those sinners is not because of anything that we've done. It's not because we're good people. It's not because we got it all together. It's only because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, and he shed his blood, and he rose again on the third day. That's the only reason we're transformed. That's the only reason we have new life through Jesus Christ, not because of us, but because of him. But when our heart gets, hearts get filled with condemnation, we start looking down and we lose compassion for people who are far from God. And I want you to notice that the Pharisees' hearts were filled with condemnation, but Jesus' heart was filled and is still filled with compassion for people who are far from God. And people's church, question, do you care that people are lost in our city? Do you care that people are lost in our state? Do you care that people are lost in our nation? Do you care that people are lost in our world?
And if you don't today, Lord, would you burn and birth a passion in our hearts and a compassion in our hearts for the thing that burdens your heart. And that's when the one person is far away from you. God, you care. Help us to care. There's a second thing that I want you to see. How do we reach people far from God? Number two is we must find the one. We must find the one. Notice this in Luke chapter 15, verse 3. Let me point out some things in these scriptures I read to you. It said, then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after? Notice that, and go after. You see, genuine care moves people to action. We cannot say, boy, we care about people who are far from God and do nothing. It can't just be lip service. He says, no, 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 no. There's a lost sheep and I care, so I go after it. And he goes on to say, I go after the lost sheep until, notice this, until he finds it. You see, genuine care doesn't give up. We're going to search. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're going to find the lost sheep. Genuine care is persistent. And notice this, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Listen, genuine care goes the extra mile. The Bible says that he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. I'm going to carry this nasty lost sheep that's been running out of here. I'm going to carry it back home. And he's willing to go the extra mile to reach the lost. Notice this in Luke chapter 15 and verse 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep? Notice this. The Bible says this. She sweeps. She sweeps the house and search carefully. Notice this. Until she finds it because genuine care moves us to action. Genuine care says we've got to find the lost sheep. We've got to find the lost coin. God cares about lost people. Jesus gives us this parable to teach us and to show us the heart of the Father. God cares about lost people. God cares about people far from God. Do you have your broom? Are you sweeping? Are you searching? Are you being the light of the world? But you know what happens to a lot of Christians? You know what happens to even some churches? Instead of sweeping and looking, they, they put down their broom. And they quit searching and sweeping to find people far from God. And this is serious business. This is heaven and hell. This is people eternity we're talking about. Why, why, why would people fill with God's spirit, put down the broom? Can I tell you what happens to us? It's so easy for me. It's so easy for you. It's, we get sidetracked. Can I tell you, life's busy. You know, we're supposed to be finding people. We're supposed to be passionate about reaching people. We're supposed to realize the reason that we work the place we work and the neighborhood that we're, there, that we're in is to be a light of the world and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to make Jesus famous. But we get sidetracked. You know, we put down the broom because, you know, life's busy. Pastor, I'm just trying to work and pay the bills, and my kids have got ball games, and you know what I'm saying? I got problems. I'm just, and and we get get sidetracked from the very reason that Jesus came. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And we can get so sidetracked in life that we put down the broom, and we can even come to church but don't have the broom. We can sing Christian songs but don't have the broom. We we, We can quote scriptures, but we're not searching. It's not even a focus in our life. And Jesus says, man, you got to sweep. you got to find the lost person. You know what else happens to us? Is we get selfish. When we stop sweeping because we get selfish. 
And a lot of people get so self-consumed, they just put down the broom. You know what people oftentimes start to think when they've been in church for a while? They start to think, I'm fine. I love Jesus. It's all good for me. Why do I need to sweep? I'm good. I mean, Pastor, don't you realize that the reason I come to church is for me? I mean, this is about me. This is just me and Jesus, man. I don't need to sweep. I mean, you better sing my favorite song, and you didn't sing it today. <laughs> You know that church is for me? for me, and we get selfish, and we start thinking church is for us, and we forget that we are the church, and we're here for the world, and we're here to be light, and we're here to be salt, and we're here to sweep, and we're here to reach people. Heaven and hell is in the balance. People's eternity is in the balance. It matters. We've got to find people. You know what happens? Not only do we get sidetracked, not only do we get Selfish, you know what also oftentimes happens? Is we get satisfied. You're like, Pastor, come on, man, sweep. I mean, I got 99. It's just one. It's not that big of a deal. I got nine coins. I mean, I mean, it's just one lost coin. It's not that big of a deal. But no, the heart of the Father. You see, Jesus gives us a parable to explain the Father's heart, to give us heavenly truth. And he says, let me explain something. You want to know why I'm hanging out with sinners? You want to know why I welcome them? You want to know why I'm eating with them? If there was just one of them that went away, if there's one person that was far away, I would do everything that I could to reach that person. That's my heart. That's my heart. I'm not satisfied with the 99. I'm not satisfied with the one. I'm glad I got one person that gets the vision. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I'm not satisfied with the one, with, with 99, when there's many people who are far from God. And friends, can I tell you, we can't get satisfied. Because you know what some people would think? Well, Pastor, come on. We don't have to keep reaching people. There's thousands of people in this church. I was hoping the church don't get any bigger. Lord, I'm trying to get out the parking lot quicker. Man, my Lord. What you talking about reaching more people? Man, I'm going to sleep. I'm satisfied. It's good. Matter of fact, the coffee line's been getting longer. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get, man, I'm picking up my kid. I've been timing it, Pastor. It used to be three minutes. It's up to six. I don't got, I, ain't nobody got time for that. I got no time. Because we get selfish. We get satisfied. We get sidetracked. And we put down the broom. But to reach people, we have to, we must be committed to find the one. Jesus is not satisfied. Number three is this. Number three is this. We got to find people. We got to reach people far from God. Number three is we must celebrate the one who is found. Celebrate the one who is found. Notice this in Luke chapter 15, verse 5. It says, when he finds it, he joyfully, the shepherd joyfully puts it on his shoulders. That just behooves me. He finds the lost sheep that ran away. And he doesn't do it with an attitude. He doesn't go, come on, take you back. What you doing, stupid sheep running away anyways? No, he joyfully. Because when your heart is filled with the love of God and compassion, it's a joy to reach people far from God. Oh, Lord, I got to serve again in the kids ministry. No, I get to reach people. I think about those who serve in our parking lot ministry. I love you men. You're so positive, such great attitude. I love what you do and the ministry that you provide. But come on, come on. I know our parking lot men are human. They're human. And about this time of the year, our parking lot men, you know, they're thinking about picking up that lost sheep and making a difference. They're like, ooh, December's coming, Pastor. Ooh. 
the Lord might be calling me to a new ministry. Amen. No, but they keep picking up the sheep. They say, you know what? It's worth it all. It's worth it in the snow, in the rain, because it's about reaching lost people. And I celebrate, I celebrate the lives that are being changed. And he joyfully puts it on his shoulders because heaven celebrates the one who is found. Verse 6 is, and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, man. I know what to party over. I know what to celebrate. And that's the one lost sheep that was found. Not the nine and nine. Thank God for the nine and nine. Glad they're saved. Glad they're good. Glad they're eating. That matters to God. But can I tell you, more rejoicing in heaven when one is found. And he goes on and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I'll tell you that in the same way. There will be more rejoicing. Oh, we rejoice over the 99. That matters to God. We matter to God. But there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 persons who do not need to repent. Heaven celebrates the one. Luke 15, verse 9. And when she finds it, the lost coin, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. Some of you have put that into 21st century context. She didn't have no cell phone to text everybody. Uh-uh. She went house to house. She said, this is huge. What was lost is now found. Come on, we got a tweet about it. We got an Instagram about it. We got an email about it. We got a Facebook about it. We got a text about it. This is important. Heaven rejoices over the one. He said, I have found my lost coin in the same way. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels, uh, in the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heaven rejoices over one, over the one. It celebrates every single time. Somebody gives their life to Christ. Heaven rejoices. It celebrates. It sings. There's a party over the one. Can I tell you, people coming to Christ. Give people giving their life to Jesus, it never gets old in heaven. It's never old. It's not like, oh, oh yeah, we saw that again. Oh, yeah, that's more. That happens every day. No, it's a party. What do you celebrate? What do you celebrate? You get excited when people come to Christ. Heaven celebrates the one, and we got to celebrate the one. We got to celebrate people coming to find life through Jesus Christ, the one. And People's Church, we're going to be committed and focused on reaching people far from God because it matters to God. It matters to people's eternity. And we're going to celebrate when one person finds the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me share with you now how we're going to reach more people far from God. One of the ways we're going to do it, one of the ways we're going to do it is this. We are going to launch a new location in the spring of 2014 in northwest Oklahoma City. Amen. And we're excited about that. We're excited about that. I want to talk to you about why we chose northwest Oklahoma City. We searched. We've looked all over. We've looked east, west, north, south. But here's what we feel like, just kind of the leading of the Lord. And let me just give you some, some data here, kind of give you the heartbeat. Let's put that first slide up. There are 899, not people, families, families that have attended our Oklahoma City campus or Midwest City campus in the last six months that live in Northwest Oklahoma City. So 899 people, families have visited or attend Oklahoma City or Midwest City. And we realize we have a great presence there to reach thousands of people for the Lord Jesus Christ. When we launched Midwest City, there were about five to 600 families that have been to People's Church over the last six months before we lost that campus. We started with over 1,000 people, and every single Sunday, people have given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. We actually think 
the pool of reaching people far from God is even greater because of the presence that we already have in Northwest Oklahoma City. Put up the next slide. Let me show this slide to you here. This is a slide that's very important. I'm going to work this side of the room. I'll make it over to the other side too, but I want you to check this out. So right here is the Britain Road. This is the Oklahoma City location. Here's our Midwest City location. Now, all these dots represent people, not people that have just visited or just attend, but these are the committed people. These are people that are serving and giving and plugged into the life of people's church. And you can see they're coming from everywhere, out here somewhere too, but anyway, they're coming from everywhere. So this circle, the circle represents this. This circle represents the drive time that the average person will take to go to church. You see, most people won't drive. This is statistics all across the nation. They won't drive any further than their drive distance to work. And in Oklahoma City, the average drive time to work is about 15 minutes is how long it takes people to get to work. So the average person will go 15 minutes to get to church because that's how long it takes them to get to work. And so we realize that. So that's what that circle represents. So anything outside of this circle that are attending our locations is because God's doing a deep work in their life. They're strong. They're committed believers. God is doing something in their life. And they're driving over 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour to come to a people's church location. Right here, Midwest City, when we launched it, this committed core has immensely grown because Midwest City was outside of the drive time to Oklahoma City. And now we're reaching tons of people who are far from God, like that we saw in the video there, and lives are being transformed. So you know what we're going to do? When we launch Northwest Oklahoma City right here, we are actually taking away a barrier for people to find life through the gospel of Jesus Christ that say, you know what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, that's a long way. All over here from Yukon, we got folks coming in Mustang and now, I mean, that's true. That, so, but we're going to take that barrier away to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's the slide that punts me up the most. Check this out, check this out, check this out. All right, in Northwest Oklahoma City, there are 400,000 people who live there in Northwest Oklahoma City. Within a 10-minute drive, not the 15, just 10-minute drive to the Northwest campus, there are 258,000 unchurched people, 258,000 unchurched. Now, let's celebrate this. I, 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 love, I love churches. I'm a church man. I believe in the church. Can we celebrate the churches in Northwest Oklahoma City that are getting into 142,000 people are in a church? Can we thank God for that? Come on. Thank God for the church. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you for the church. So great things are happening, but there are 258,000 people, 258, 258,000 who don't go to church. Many unchurched. Many far from God. Come on, if we're honest with one another, there are some folks that go to church that don't know Jesus. How I many know that, huh? Come on. Some of you might be them. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're glad you're here. Amen. Yeah, we're glad you're here. 258,000 people. Jesus said it like this. I don't know any way to put it, but like Jesus did. The harvest is plentiful, man. And the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. So we're going to go there, and we're not, listen, please hear my heart. We're not going there to be the solution, because that's not the case. But we are going to go there and be a solution. We're not going there to be the answer, but we're going to be an answer for hundreds and thousands of people who will find hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to go make a huge difference. Okay, before I show you the location, a little audience participation. Come on, those Midwest City online, everybody participate. Do this in your lap or on the back of a seat. Come on, look at the drum roll. Come on. Come on. If you don't participate, I want to tell you, 
Here's where the new Northwest location is. It is right here. It's the Event Express Center on Northwest Expressway and Council. Here we come to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. This location puts us right there in Northwest Oklahoma City. It's on Council Road, two miles from Kilpatrick. Can I get some Yukon people happy? Come on, some Mustang people happy. Come on. We're coming to reach some folks with the good news of Jesus Christ, and you're going to help us. Praise the Lord. Yes, you're going to help us reach a lot of people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me show you right now the before picture, and now look at the after picture on the bottom. Check this out. Here's what it's going to look like. Come on, check out People's Church. Come on, check out the logo. Come on, check it all out. People's Church, here we come. 31,258 square feet, 31, over 31,000 square feet to do ministry and to reach more people who are far from God. For whatever reason, 258,000 people are driving by churches every day. And we're going to remove an obstacle. And we're going to go be an answer for some people. They're going to find hope and life through the Lord Jesus Christ and your pastor is pumped up because we are all about reaching one more person with, with the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me switch gears with you. I've talked about Northwest Oklahoma City. Let me just really quick let you in on some things we're going to be doing at Oklahoma City location and also at our Midwest City location. These same changes when we renovate uh, our Northwest campus these changes will be involved uh, already in, in the plans as we build out that location there. But here's what we're going to do. I'm passionate. I'm crazy passionate about the next generation. Kids and youth ministry. I'm passionate about it. Jesus has laid it on my heart. And that's one of the focuses of our church. So what we're going to do at both locations and Northwest is we're going to secure our kids and youth areas. So parents, the hallways there. They will be, starting in January, there will be doors there. The only way you can access the kids and youth ministry area is by having your kid checked in and having your sticker with your kid to go back there. And also, the only way you go pick up your child, your teenager, is you got to have that sticker to go pick them up. Or you can't get in. Amen. Until your baby gets hungry, they will come find you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Say, Pastor, are we having problems? No, we don't have any problems. But I believe in providing the most safe environment, the most excellent space environment to help kids and teenagers grow and flourish in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to do, be able to do that in a more excellent way for our kids and our students. And we're also doing this. Now, understand this. The doors, the north doors will now be emergency exit only once the space is remodeled uh, there. And if you open them, you will hear sirens go off. So don't, don't mess with those doors. All right. So, and what we're going to do now, check this out. The coffee shop that's over here in the west lobby, that's going to go away. We're going to move that wall in, and the new check-in area for our parents starting in January for parents will be in this west lobby. We're going to theme it out nice. It's going to look awesome. The coffee shop will go away, and it's going to be an awesome area. This west parking lot we're going to use for our kids and teenage parking for kids and parents with kids and small kids. You'll be able to go right there, access this door, check-in. We're also going to make another check-in for first-time guests in the main lobby out in this area. We're going to have a check-in area because when you're new to People's Church, you don't know where to go, what to do, and you just show up anywhere. And there will be access for all of our first-time guests to make it very conducive for them 
to check their kids in. The same changes are happening in our Midwest, Midwest City location, and I have addressed them specifically. Uh, just talk to them to Midwest City so that they're, they're up, up to speed on their updates there at Midwest City. And so we're excited about that. You say, Pastor, no coffee shop. We don't have coffee anymore. Let me explain that. Some of you are having a panic attack right now. Amen. I'm on. So here's what we're going to do. Here are some details. In the back of this auditorium here, in the back of the auditorium over here, we're going to knock out the walls, and we're going to build a coffee shop here. We're going to build a volunteer central back there. Right now, we have an 1,800-seat auditorium that we don't have the auxiliary space to match it. So we're going to be able to just not, not too much in the auditorium, but enough in there to get a coffee shop and a volunteer place for all of our volunteers to pick up the necessary items to do effective ministry every Sunday. So there will be a coffee shop. It will not be accessible through uh, in the auditorium, but as you go out in the lobby, you'll be able to access the coffee shop. So we will be building those areas out as well, as long as, as well as a guest central out in the lobby with, with, some, uh, with, some, with some carpet and uh, ceiling and so people can go there and get service and sign up for different ministry events. Got several changes happening so we can be more effective with ministry. Let me tell you, besides our kids and our teenagers, the second thing that's huge on my heart, and that's next step space. Let me talk to you and explain what that is, next step space or simply discipleship space. What we're doing at both locations and at our Northwest location is we're taking the rooms that were designated for junior high ministry on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon, and we're going to take those spaces and turn them into a place for new believers and for people to grow in, deeper in their faith. So we're very excited about that. Let me explain this to you. Right now, I say the cookies are on the top shelf. You see, when you first Get, come get saved. Some of you remember this. When you first get saved, it's hard to even come to church on Sunday. You know what I mean? You hadn't been going to church for years. I hadn't ever been to church, and now you show up. And what we want to do, we, we're making it more difficult for people to grow in their faith, especially new believers who are not used to coming to church. We're saying, listen, you gave your heart to Christ. You raised your hand. You accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now to grow spiritually, we're going to put the cookies on the top shelf. Come on Wednesday night. We'll help you grow. And we say, okay, 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 how do we do this more effectively? People are coming to Christ. We've already baptized over 700 people this year. I mean, God is doing a great work. How do we help people grow in their faith and grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ? So we said, how do we do this on Sundays? And so what we're going to do is now after the 830 service, some, you can show up at the 10 o'clock after you worship, give your heart to Christ, go right into our next step space, and we're going to have it nice and decked out for our new believers, and they can go and they can grow in the word. If you come to the 10 o'clock and give your life to Christ, you don't have to come back on Wednesday night. Right after church, go on to the next step space. We're going to help you grow and grow spiritually and get some foundation in your life to know the Lord better. So we're very excited about that. And parents, it's imperative. Have your teenagers here on Wednesday night. We have excellent programs for our students on Wednesday nights, on Sunday nights all across the metro area. We're going to have small groups meeting at home for discipleship for our teenagers. We'll have them in Edmond and South Oklahoma City and Yukon, and we'll have it in North Oklahoma City, East Oklahoma. We're going to have them everywhere for teenagers to grow and get plugged in discipleship. But you've got to have your student here. We've got, we got great youth pastors. We've got great ministry on Wednesday night for kids and teenagers. Get them here and get them plugged in to our life-giving student ministry. So yes, yes, we're going to go after the one, but the 99 that God gives us, we got to help them grow in their faith, and we're going to have a next step space to do it, and those changes, Lord willing, as we respond as a church, can happen in January. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. So we're excited about that. Say, Pastor, what do we need to do? Here's what I'm believing for. I'm believing for our entire church to become dream builders to make this vision happen, to see more changed lives. 
Let me explain to you what a dream builder is. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 20, 25, the scripture says this, a generous person will prosper. A dream builder is just about being generous. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People's church, let me talk to you about three areas of generosity. I believe this with, believe this with all of my heart. The closer we get to Jesus, the more generous we become. I believe that with everything that's within me. We're not selfish anymore. We're not satisfied. We're not self-seeking. We're not sidetracked, but we're generous to see more changed lives. Generous, first of all, in our time. You know what I'm asking you to do, People's Church, a dream builder? Is to give some of your time to the Lord, to reach people, to minister to people, to be a blessing to people. God's given us all 24 hours a week or in a day, 160 hours a week, uh, 8,736 hours a year. What do you do with those hours for the kingdom? Is it just all about you? I want to challenge you. Would you start to view your life? God, you've given me this time. How do I leverage my time? How can I use some of my time to make a difference to build your kingdom? That's a dream, but we need your time. So many of you, you know what you're going to do with your time? Is you're going to help us launch, hundreds of you, the Northwest location, just like Midwest City. That started with over 1,000 people, and lives have been transformed every single weekend and throughout the week because of that location. And many of you, God's going to speak to you about giving your time to make a difference. A second area of generosity, people who are generous will prosper. He who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. The second area is with our talents, our talents. We need everybody serving. We need every, everybody has a gift. Everybody has an ability. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has a passion. It may be in kids' ministry. It may be in student ministry. It may be with technology and lights and sound. It may be, man, it, it may be with the parking lot ministry, the greeter ministry, leading a small group, teaching a class. I mean, all of us have gifts, talents, and abilities. And we have to start viewing this. God, I want to be generous. I'm close to you. I care about one more. How do I use my talent and be generous to see more changed lives. We need many of you at the new location to serve. We need many of you at Oklahoma City, Midwest City. We need you serving to see more changed lives. And the closer we get to Jesus, it's not I have to, it's I get to be generous and make a difference for the kingdom of God. The third area is with our treasure. With our treasure, God has blessed all of us with resources, with, with finances. And it's God, how do I not just leverage my money for me? Because really, it's not my money. It's your money. How do I be generous and use the dollars you've given me to impact your kingdom? We First of all, it's called the tithe. It's returning 10% of our income to the local church where we worship. If this is not your church home, the tithe does not belong here. It belongs to the church where you worship. The Bible calls it the storehouse. Because Jesus said this. Jesus said... I'm building my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. And when we invest our tithe back into the local church, we're helping Jesus do the very thing that, is, that he's after. And that's to build his church by returning the tithe and then by giving offerings over and above the Lord's tithe. Can I get you all to hand out the brochures right now? And so you can have this information to take home with you, and you can have the commitment to take home with you as well. And let me just talk to you about this for the next few moments. First of all, as we're talking about the treasure, let me explain this to you. Let me talk to you about the Northwest Campus. When we did Midwest City, it cost us $2.1 million, and I want to brag on you, about $2.1 million to finish out the Midwest City, to build that out, light, sound, everything. Did you know 
we don't have any debt on our Midwest City location. We paid cash for that. Can we thank the Lord? Because I was generous, because you were generous. Can we thank God in the middle of a recession? Come on, to God be the glory. What his church can do when we're generous and lives are being changed. And we celebrate that as a church. The Midwest City renovation, light, sound, AV, everything, getting the, this is a funny story. Let me, let me tell you this. We contacted Express personnel because they built new offices, and they have an office space of 60,000 square, square foot available. So we met with them about that. And when we met with them about that, they said, well, you know, we got another building that might work better for you. I mean, it's not on the market or anything right now. It's not, it's not listed, but we'd sell it to you. Really? All right, okay. Yeah, we went and looked at it. And this building, this Express building, is they said, we'll sell it to you for $2.1 million. If we went to build that same facility on Northwest Expressway, over 31,000 square feet, it would be around five to $5.5 million to build that same facility on that piece of property there. And they will sell it to us for 2.1. We said, here's what we want to do. We do we're interested in buying it. We want to buy it. But here's what we want to do. We want to tie it up in a long-term lease, and we want to be able to buy this building in the future. And they said, okay, we can do that. And here's what lease rates are going for in the area. Lease rates are going for people who are leasing facilities there in that area for $13 a square foot. And we're going to be able to lease that piece of property for $5 a square foot for the first five years. Can we, sell it? Can we thank the Lord? I'm thanking Jesus. I'm thanking the Lord for what he's doing. And you know the humorous thing? That building is an old movie theater. I'm like... I'm like, we're just a movie theater church, aren't we, Jesus? I mean, you just got a sense of humor. I didn't even know that, but it's an old movie theater. See, if you're new with us, we started People's Church at the Quell Springs Mall in the AMC Theater, right? That's where we started the church. So we started a movie theater. Midwest City, those of you from that area, that was an old movie theater. I mean, you had slope floors, screens, and we went in there and renovated. And now we got another movie theater, and it has places with slope floors and screens and everything. And so we'll go in and renovate it. It will cost us about $1.5 million to renovate that building, to get the light, sound, AV, everything we need, to paint the outside, everything that we need, to get the kids' areas excellent, about $1.5 million. The project's at Oklahoma City. And at Midwest City, for our kids' space and next step space and all that we're going to be doing, coffee shop, all the things we're going to be doing, will cost us about $500,000. So it's about $2 million total for 2014 to get the projects done. Let me, can I, let, me, let me share some good news with you. You see, a generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. Can we celebrate, church, because of our faithfulness? We already have five hundred thousand dollars set aside to get started on the northwest campus can we thank god come on thank the lord praise the lord thank you jesus for a faithful church that's not selfish that says we're going to make a difference we're going to reach one more we're passionate about it so as you're getting the information if you love your church if you love your church you will not keep these on your seats you will take them with you praise the lord if they land on your seats shame shame everybody knows your name amen so take these with you to read let me cover this with you. So the, here's the brochure that talks about the projects and all that we're doing. And then let me talk to you about this Dream Builders commitment real quick. So grab this card out. Follow, me, follow with me real quick. If you're new to the church, I'm not asking you to do this at all. You're just hearing the heartbeat of this church. We're going after one more. We are going after one more. Here we go. The Dream Builders card. The front side, you see name, address, city. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to start praying. God, what do you want to do through me in 2014 to see your vision for this church come to pass? This is my church. What do you want to do through me? What do you want to do through me? Tonight, we're all meeting at 5 o'clock at the Express Building. 
Let's quit calling it Express. Let's go ahead and call it People's Church. Amen. At People's Church West Church, we're meeting there tonight at 5 o'clock for a prayer meeting. Would you come and pray with us? Pray, God, what do you want to do through me? So we'll meet there at 5 o'clock. Here's, here's the commitments. You're going to turn, turn these in on November the 24th. I commit to attend the, North, the Northwest OKC campus. God's going to speak to many of you to go and to launch that location with us. I commit to serve at the Northwest campus. Pastor, I'm going to commit. I'm making a commitment. I'm making a commitment. I'm going to serve to see one more change lives. I'm going to Northwest. I'm not just going to attend. I'm going to serve over there. Pastor, I'm going to serve at my current campus. You attend Midwest City. You attend Oklahoma City. I'm not serving yet, Pastor. I've got time. I've got talents. We're all busy. I'm going to carve out time and use my talents to make a difference. In 2014, Pastor, count on me. I'm going to serve and pick the area you want to serve in. Then on the back of the card, here's a dream builder's commitment. The treasure. We've talked time, talent. Here's treasure. November the 24th, we're going to ask you to fill this card out. If you're not a tither, that's where you begin. I commit the tithe. I'm going to start trusting God by returning 10% of my income to the storehouse, the local church, to see more change lives. Pastor, count on me. I believe in building the church. I believe my life has been touched by the power of Christ through the church, and I want to see more change lives. I want to be obedient to God by returning the tithe. Now, those of you that are not tithing, that's where you begin. You don't need to worry about the rest of this. You begin there. You begin there. You can't start offering, giving offerings until you return the tithe. So begin with the tithe. You don't need to worry about this next commitment. Those of you that are tithers, I'm asking you to pray about, God, what do you want to do through me in 2014? This is not, we don't do, we're not doing a campaign. This is not a two-year campaign, three-year campaign. This is every year we just set time aside and say, God, what do you want to do through me, through my life, through my family, to see more changed lives in the following year? So in 2014, you're saying, God, over and above the Lord's tithe, I'm going to give this amount over the next year. You're going to give it weekly or monthly or one time. Let us know that amount, and we'll be prepared to move forward with the projects. And then would you commit to bring your best offering November the 24th? I would love us to give a phenomenal offering. I would like not only to start on the projects, I would like us to finish those projects ASAP. We're planning on moving into the Northwest facility before Easter Sunday in April. We're believing over 1,000 people, and we're believing for hundreds of people to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. More changed lives. Everybody shout, one more. Come on, everybody shout, one more. We're going to reach people who are far from God.